This is Photo Biz X, episode number 456. And today, a new topic, a new style of photography for this podcast episode. We are talking teen photography, which I guess is an offshoot of senior photography, but this is very specifically aimed at teens, and the photography is fantastic. Think fashion and style for teens, and it sounds like this is a fantastic market. Our special guest has made this genre her focus. I'm talking about Audrey Woolard from Chicago, and that interview's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I know you are going to love what Audrey has to share in this interview that's coming up in just a minute. No matter what genre of photography you photograph, particularly if it's any style of portraiture, you're going to love what Audrey has to share and especially the story about how she got started in teen photography, how she first started attracting her clients and how she continues to stay ahead of the curve by being the photographer that the teens want to be booking for their sessions. Now, one thing I would encourage you to do is go and check out the show notes of today's episode first because we'll be talking a lot about one of the images in the interview and you can also get a better idea of the kind of work that Audrey is shooting. The show notes this week are at photobizx.com forward slash 456. Again, that will put you in a better frame in regards to the interview content coming up in just a minute with Audrey. Before we do jump into that interview, I do want to make sure that you have seen that email that I sent out about the upcoming training on profitable book projects for photographers. To me, from what I understand about this training, I think this will be the game changer if you haven't done or you haven't completed a successful book project in the past. Katie Collenberg of Heart Story Photography will be presenting the live training. It's happening on April 7th, so next month as this podcast episode goes to air. And to give you a little bit of an idea about photography book projects, if you haven't done them and how successful they can be, they've been a massive part of Katie's business since 2018 when she did her first book project it brought in $80,000 for her business now since then Katie's released five separate book projects and she's going to be releasing another three in the next 12 months this is how good they are in 2020 a single book project yielded $115,000 in revenue for Katie's business One of the books that she's done is titled Babies in Bonnets, and that one book campaign has generated over $270,000 in a three-year, three-volume project. And this is all in addition to their regular photography bookings coming from other marketing campaigns. So to me, if there's one course or piece of training that you don't want to miss this year, it is this one. There are already a stack of other photographers registered for the training. And what I love and what I've heard so far is that a lot of the photographers that have registered for this training have already purchased other book project training and said it was too complicated, it was too involved, there was too much to it. And a lot of those photographers either haven't even done a photography book project or they struggled to get theirs done because it was 
just too involved. And Katie has assured me she's got a simple step-by-step process that's going to make this easy to do. She's had a ton of practice at it. The training is only going to be one and a half to two hours long. There's going to be a Q&A session. And if you register for the live training before the live event, you'll also receive a one-on-one call with Katie to help you with your book project or your business, whatever you want help with after that training. Now, unbelievably, the cost of the live training is $97. If you register before the live training, Once the live training has been delivered, the price will be doubling and it's going to become a standalone course on the PhotoBizX website. If you register for the live training for that $97 price, you'll also have access, lifetime access, to the standalone course, the recording, all the course materials, the supporting documents, and the one-on-one call with Katie afterwards. But you have to register before the live event. All the details are at photographybookprojects.com. So if you go to photographybookprojects.com, you'll find all the details there, whether or not this is a good fit for you and your business, a little bit about what's involved, how to register, some examples of Katie's books that she's published. It's all there in that one spot, photographybookprojects.com. Come and join us if you're looking to add books to your marketing campaigns this year in 2022, or maybe it's something you're thinking about for even next year. Register for the training. You've got it there. It'll be there and available to you anytime you want it. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Okay, we're going to jump into this interview with Audrey in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Audrey. I am saving a portion of the second half of premium members only. If you are loving what Audrey shares in the first half, and I know you will, you can get access to the full interview for $1 with a 30-day PhotoBizX premium membership trial. Head over to photobizx.com forward slash try for more details on that. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a Chicago-based portrait photographer who specializes in teen and family photography. And she's the name behind the Kids and the City brand. In addition to her portrait work, she takes on a few high-profile commercial clients, including People Magazine, InStyle, US Weekly, In Touch, Better Homes and Gardens, and photography industry magazines. Now, once she decided photography was going to be her career, she wanted it to be able to fully support her family of six. She completely transformed herself and moved forward heavily with the marketing side of things. Today, she's a WPPI speaker, Nikon ambassador, and pro photo legend of light. Her senior photography is focused on creatively showing her client hobbies and sports in a way like no other photographer. She says... When a teenager books a photo shoot with her, it means they are looking for something different. I'm talking about the super talented and award-winning Audrey Woolard, and I'm wrapped to say that she's with us now. Audrey, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. I love your website. As soon as I landed on the site, I was like, wow, this is cool. This is something different. Have you always focused on teens? No. Actually, I started my business as like a baby, newborn maternity photographer and it just sort of blossomed into teens and seniors but that was not by design it just sort of happened that way 
So when you say just sort of happened, was it because they started booking you, you you needed more work, you needed a higher income? Like how did it happen? So I am really, I guess, I'm very focused on retaining my client base. Like I don't want them to go to anyone else (laughs) for anything. So it was really, really important to me that as families grew, they saw me as the person to go to. And, you know, no matter what happened in their families or, you know, I became part of it. So I took it really personal if they wanted to go to someone else. So as the kids grew, families, you know, they changed, dynamics changed, needs changed. I started to focus more on older children. But along with that comes referrals, you know, word of mouth. So as families grew and their kids became teenagers, obviously they're friends with other teenagers. So the new clients that I started to get were all of the age of, you know, what I call my core client base. And that's kind of how it happened. Okay. So, so did you actually stop or did you start to say no to photographing newborns or you just don't show them on your website anymore? Well, they don't really call me anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like if you stop showing, you know, they, you know, the old line that you hear, show what you want to do. So as I started just showing new work, which was older children, that's just what I started to, you know, get. And when moms of newborns, you know, they see my work, they're like, well, she can't handle a baby. And I'm kind of like, good, I can't anymore. <laughs> I love it. So it's really, it's happened organically as the business has grown yeah. and as you've grown as a photographer. Yeah, that was not planned. I think a lot of people think I wanted to move into seniors, you know, and teenagers. And if I didn't care so deeply about the people that, you know, began my business with, I probably would have just stayed in that young family, you know, niche. But I just was so attached to these people that, I just, I, you know, I was just like, no, don't go to them. You have to stay. With me. <laughs> you have to stay with me. And that's really how that, that really was how it was. Wow. So did you have to then like learn new techniques and develop your skills as the clients, you know, grew up as well? You know, I try to always look at things in hindsight and I would like to say that I didn't. And I also had my kids were also kind of the same ages as my, you know, kind of core client base. So my mentality was kind of always there. But the one thing that I did have to really adapt to, I guess, from a marketing perspective, is that, you know, teenagers, they just change their minds all the time. And if you want to kind of stay in the forefront of that particular niche, You have to kind of do what they want. And I used to think that, hey, whatever I want people to do, they're going to do it because I want that. But I had to really change that mindset that, okay, I have to kind of adopt what they want and change with the times and and really, you know, be on the forefront of that. So that was something that I really had to learn, which was an element of letting go of control. And kind of going with what they wanted to do. So that was that was a tough one, but it was easily adaptable because I have teenagers, so I understood it. So can you give me an example of what do you mean by doing what they want and changing and, and being flexible to their needs? So um, you may agree, you may not. I think that the world is very social media focused. 
And especially from a teenager's perspective, they're very social media focused. And if the same thing is consistently being shown, they're bored of it. So from my perspective, I used to have this really big studio and, you know, I was kind of outside. I was on the rooftop. The rooftop became this big popular thing with these teenagers. But what happened was everyone had the same rooftop picture. They didn't like that anymore. So then I had to like, all right, well, what do you guys want? What do you want to do? I now had to, you know, take into consideration what they wanted. And with that, what ended up happening, I mean, I can give you so many different examples and that, that's probably wasn't the best one, but what ended up happening was I had to now find different locations that represented my style, but also what they wanted. But what happened was I live in a big city, Chicago, which is you're in Australia, right? Yes. So Sydney, it's nothing but Sydney. <laughs> so if it's, it, you can't, you can't come to the studio, pay for parking, park, you know, and parents come up and then get back in the car, drive to the location, pay for parking again. It was just too much. So I ended up having to change my entire business model and go back on location to keep these kids interested. Does that make, I, I ramble a lot. You're going to learn. No, no, it does hundred percent. So, I mean, so if I look at the lead image on your website, on your homepage, which I love, it's a teenager. She's dressed in ski gear. She's wearing ski goggles, but it looks very model-like. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah. Okay, I love it. It's so striking. So is that an idea that she came up with or she planted the seed? Like, how do you get to that point? So I've been photographing her since she was five. And she always came to the city, right, for her shoots. And it became one of those things, like I said, teenagers want change. They like change. They do not like to stay stagnant. So I'm like, well, you know what? I'll just come by you. That spot was horrible. I really did not know what to do, what not to do. And then when her mom pulled out the clothes, I'm like, I know exactly what to do. So with the mom, the location looks just like we were literally just in like a little forest area. I mean, it, it looked like it was crappy. It really was bad. But to my client base, they don't know what I'm going after, which is what keeps them coming back. If that makes any sort of sense, like at all, that I can take the simplicity of something and make it look like it was bigger than it was. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying here. But to me, it's the ski goggles that make the shot. Like that's, that's the thing that separates this image from other senior photos. Right. And combining it with that light and play, I could have hit the sun. I could have went, you know, in a shaded area, but I really wanted it to kind of like shine. So I put her in a spot where no one else would have done. It was really bad. I mean, it was really bad. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So back to my question, you know, did she have the ski gear in the back of the car? Do you know that she's a skier? Did she say, I want photos with my ski goggles? She opened her trunk and there were the goggles. I'm like, bring those. (laughs) That was not part of the outfit. So, you know, and it became, I guess, the focal point of the outfit. And the reason I wanted it was because I knew I could use that reflection to my advantage. You know, like the, you know, the reflection in the goggles, I could really make the picture stand out by playing with the reflection. That was the reason why. Right. Again, I love the image. I love it. It says a lot about her. It says a lot about you as a photographer and the light, like everything. It's an impeccable image. I love it. Thank you. When you suggest using, so let's wear the goggles. Is her first thought, no, I'm not doing that. That's 
you know, that's ridiculous? Or is she like, yeah, Audrey, whatever you want to do, I'm up for. The first thought is, Audrey, you're ridiculous, but I trust you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. It depends on who it is, but I would usually either get, are you sure? Or you're ridiculous. Or I will get a look of, you're ridiculous, but I trust you. It's usually that. Right. And I imagine then in this situation, she, you know, you would have had photos with the goggles up on her head, holding the goggles, mm-hmm. wearing the goggles. You would have tried a few different things. Yes, a lot of different things. I mean, I didn't just leave her there. I do move around, but I kind of stay, you know, within a very small radius. That has been one of the, I guess, uh, what's the word I want to say? One of the reasons why people hire me, I have a very long time client who kind of explained something to me. You only have to tell me something once and I get it. And she said, you're very quick. You don't make us move a lot. And I get people in and out. So I did do a lot of changes, a lot of movement, but it didn't seem a lot to the client, if that makes any sense. Right. Okay. And then an image like this. So again, I get the feeling, and I know I'm focusing on this one image because it's right here in front of me and the listener can see it if they go to your website. The thing about this image is it's the kind of image that I could see on the wall of a ski shop. I could see on the wall of a shopping mall in a shopping center. I could see it in a client's home, but I'm thinking that's not the kind of photo that a client or a mother would pick for their home. So where does this photo fit in in regards to what the client buys? So the one they actually purchased is not that. It is one from that series, but it's a vertical one. But I'm big on albums and I sell an album every set. I mean, I've been a photographer for 18 years. I can count on one hand how many times I have not sold an album. So all of those images go in an album because my goal with every photo session is to create images that someone can't say no to. And I look at it like, you know, I'm a parent. So I look at it from that perspective. I know how to create a hero shot. And I know that my hero shots will always go on the wall. I know that. And usually it's kind of, I guess, a little bit of mind play. <laughs> That's probably not a good word if my clients hear this, but you know what? We're all friends. They, they get me. But it's kind of, you know, usually I know what that hero shot is. I just instantly know it. And it's usually the first one that I would share with them. And that's the one that they buy. And it's kind of like, well, she likes it. I like it. Let's go there. And then everything else will make its way into the album. They love it, but they don't want to let it go. So it'll go in an album. Got it. Got it. Now, I don't know a lot about the senior portrait market in the States because we don't have that market here in Australia. Do you classify yourself as a seniors photographer and are you then relying on graduation and a certain time of year to get an influx of clients or are you photographing all year round? So, you know, that's a funny one. I don't really call myself a senior photographer per se because in the States, it's a rite of passage when you graduate high school. You guys call it high school, correct? Yeah. Okay. So that's a rite of passage. That's something that you do. With my business model, I see these people every year. So it's not really considered, quote unquote, a rite of passage. So I don't really consider myself a senior photographer, but I photograph these kids for their senior pictures as well. It kind of all becomes one big photo session. So for example, Let's say it's a family of four, right? And the oldest is getting ready to graduate, go off to university. We will do a couple of extra outfits just for that older person, the older kid. And then we'll do the families and things like that. But we'll spend a little extra time with that older child. That probably is a good 85 
90% of my work. I do get people who will say, hey, I only want to take senior pictures. That is a very small part of it, if that makes any sense. It does. So when do you start marketing to your clients? At what age are you looking to attract them in for a photo session? And are you marketing to the, the student, the child, or to their mother? Gosh, okay, so that is a really good question. And it's one that I have a hard time answering because I want lifelong clients. Like, that's what I want. And if they happen to be five years old or 17 years old, I don't care. You're still coming to me. So I am marketing towards a memory and I'm marketing towards you want this type of a photo session. This is what you want. You come to me. So that's really like a year long thing. Like it doesn't, I don't do it at a specific time. It's just all the time. Right. Okay. And then, so who are you looking to attract with your marketing? Is it the mother? (laughs) Both. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I really consider myself having two clients. I've got a teenager and I have the mother, right? If I wanted to just do an average, an average age, I probably would start, you know, bringing people in is around that 12, 13 year old mark, right? And those kids would find me on Instagram and, you know, they, you know, like some of their friends' pictures and whatnot, but they're too little to book a session. And even if they decided they wanted to act grown up and call me, I wouldn't talk to them. Like put your mom on the phone. So, (laughs) because that's the one who makes the decisions. So then therefore I get, you know, connected with the parent. Now my marketing is to the parent, but I also know how to market to that teenager So it's like kind of like a simultaneous thing where, you know, talk with the mom and we are booking the session and I'm telling her, hey, I understand. We'll, you know, get these types of pictures. But then I'm still talking to the teenager because I would say, well, you know, she'll say, what clothes should we wear? Then I would probably say, you know what, you can just have and I'm just going to make up a name. You can just have Susie send me some pictures on Instagram or here's my phone number. She can text me a couple of her favorite outfits and we can put things together. Now that opens up the line of communication with the teenager. So I really have two different clients and I will never let an assistant talk to either one of them because no one can talk for me. If that makes that gave you an entirely different question, didn't it? No, 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 not at all, not at all, really. So you're trying to attract the teenager, but you want to talk to the mother. Yeah, right. <laughs> like it's the mom who is the prize, but I kind of lure them in with the teenager. So it's very hard to have a traditional, I guess, marketing plan for two clients. You kind of really can't. So the perception of my business has always been very laid back. You're going to always talk to me. You know, I am your first point of contact. I never want to place myself too high on a pedestal where someone feel that they feel that they can't reach me. Like that's just, that's very much part of my business plan. So by having a line of communication with the teenager where they don't feel intimidated, having another line of communication with the parent to know that they can trust me, rely on me, tell me, you know, they can say things to me like, you know, my daughter's really getting on my nerves today because of X, Y, and Z. I want that type of rapport because my sales are just higher when I have that. So it's very much when I used to speak, I called it high touch sales and high touch marketing that I'm very much in the face. It's not kind of third party. Like I'm not going to put up an ad 
on Facebook and say, hey, I'm having this that I could never, that doesn't work for my business. Right. Okay. So let's say, I mean, a 12 or 13 year old who wants to have, like, is it them that really wants to have photos or is it the mother that's saying, hey, it's time we get some family photos? No, it's them. Really? Yeah, it's them. And, you know, it's really them because if you just think about it, at that age, teenagers specifically are very image driven, picture driven. They take pictures all the time. That's what they do. Now, they may not be good ones, (laughs) but it is in their minds to take pictures, record, save, capture a memory. That is what this generation is all about. We as photographers need to take out the fact that, no, they don't look good. No, the pictures aren't great. No, that's not the point. The point is to them, if there are no pictures, it didn't happen. Think about this, you know, just look online when things happen and there's a video of it, right? That just some, it's usually a teenager who captured it. Mm-hmm. Usually it's someone very young. True. If we understand that, it's very easy to attract them because that's how their minds are programmed. It's programmed. They're very image and picture focused. That's what they do. So yeah, they want them big time. So if a 12 or 14-year-old kid says to mum, you know, they want photos and they like, they've seen your stuff or their friends have had photos, so you're going to go on and talk to the mother because she's the decision maker. Right. Do you then go back and still have a conversation with the teenager about what they want or does that all happen afterwards? Yes. After I talk to the mom, I will never engage with the kid prior to that because what happens is they go back and relay an entirely different conversation. (laughs) (laughs) than than you had with them. And then from a parent's perspective, they're going to look at you like you're kind of preying on their kid. So I will never open up a line of communication with a child. I mean, 17 and under, unless I talk to a parent, like never. Got it. Okay. So what happens? So you have this conversation, the mother likes the sound of you. Do you discuss pricing? Do you talk about an album? Do you talk about locations? Or how does it generally work? How do you go from a lead to a booking? So (laughs) if it is a referral of a parent who knows another parent, totally easy. I can book that. That's an easy booking. The harder ones (laughs) are the kids who are friends with each other, but the parents don't necessarily know each other. Those are a harder sell. So the way do I, you have to talk pricing. The only thing that you don't for me, I'm just going to say this. This is my own thought process. The only thing that I don't do is give a full out price list because they're always going to go price first. Like always, I will give them my session fee and then that's pretty much it. And then once they get the pictures, then they sell themselves, but I will never send, you know, sell a price list. My kind of tagline that kind of gets me around that is you know, there's no obligation and there isn't, there's no obligation. I have no, you know, what do you call those prepaid, you know, how people make you pay something up front. Oh yeah. So I have none of that. I said, there's no obligation. You only buy what you love. So that really takes them off the hook. And I have to work really hard to make sure I get a sale, but that's usually what I say. And which is the truth. There's no, you know, nothing blind, but that makes them feel well. And they don't ask me anything else after that. 
knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> what are they paying for the session fee? Um, my session fee is four hundred and fifty US dollars. Okay, so does that include any prints, any digital files? Nothing. Time only, and that is set up front. Right. Okay. So they know they're up for four fifty, and then they only purchase anything above and beyond that if they fall in love with the photos. Exactly. So I say if you, and I do say sometimes if I'm feel I'm getting a little pushback, I say if you only like one picture, buy one picture. Nice. Okay. You know. So you're confident then that once they see the photos, they're going to want to buy more. Oh yeah, they don't want to say no. <laughs> Yeah. So before we get into pricing and numbers, can you give us an idea of what your turnover is, your revenue? Oh, so year to date, not counting 2020. <laughs> 2020 was bad for everyone, but 2019 was really good and I grossed 275, so 275,000. Wow. And that's not including anything that I teach because I do teach. So people want to know if that is included. It is not. Right. And then 2021, was that a good year as well? Did things bounce back? 2021 was a bounce back. <laughs> so 2021, was it was actually pretty good. So that was, if I'm not mistaken, my husband just ran the numbers, it was 203. Wow, okay. So it's a great business. Yeah, don't ask you 2020. It was, <laughs> <laughs> But things are coming back. Awesome. Yeah, 2020 was really bad. And so how many clients do you, I mean, do you look to get a certain or to attract a certain number of clients each year or you just sort of take it as it comes? There was a time where I was doing 30 a month. Wow. So one a day. Yeah, it was bad. It was, I was doing a couple of days. I was doing like two or three a day. And then I took Thursday, Friday and Saturday off. So Sunday through Wednesday, I was booking that many and it was just too much. And I stopped that in 2017. Yeah, 2017, I stopped that. And then I dropped down to like one a day, still on that Sunday through Wednesday model, right? So right now I'm still around that same, you know, maybe four or five a week, if that. Wow. Yeah. And you have like, I don't know Chicago well, but it snows there, right? Like it gets cold. Yeah. You saw the picture on my website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are you, are you photographing right through winter? You know, people are booking each day. Yes. So I slow down right about now. And I always say I'm not going to do anything. I say that every single year that taken off January, taken off February, and people tend to creep in somehow. So in theory, January through March, I'm supposed to not do anything. That's when I regroup. That's when I, you know, crunch numbers again, see what I'm going to do. But right now, maybe five or six a month during those real cold season. Wow. Okay. So still pushing along. So still getting bookings and kids are happy to say yes to an outdoor shoot in winter. Oh my gosh. I mean, after I shared that picture, I literally had people, because the people who know me know I will go out in whatever weather. But then when it kind of, you know, in terms of referrals, when a person sees a picture of someone that they are an acquaintance with, they don't know if I'm really going to go outside in, you know, the winter. <laughs> and I'm like, no. And so I got a bunch of calls saying, hey, we want to do snow sessions. How does that work? So the way that I do it is I would look, I make a list. So, you know, if anybody wants to get on that list, I put them on the list. Then I would look at the forecast. And, you know, hey, it's supposed to snow on Thursday. Are you available for a shoot? It's either yes or no. If it's no, go down to the next person. 
And that's kind of how I book those types of shoots. I make a snow list. <laughs> I love that. So did that all take off when you published this photo that I can see on your homepage with the girl in the goggles? Is that why that took off? Yeah, I've been doing that for quite a while. Yes. But yeah, if I, anytime someone sees like a picture of someone in the snow, then that becomes a flurry of picture, I mean, picture requests and for whatever reason. Love it. I can see why for sure. But tell me about the album sales. So you said, you know, 98% of clients take home an album. When do you first plant the seed that they might be taking an album? So return clients is easy. They see someone, they see an album. So that's always an easy, easy one with new clients, someone that I would call, let's call them cold calls that they, I don't know them. They don't know me. I don't mention albums up front at all until they see a picture, their pictures. And the reason I don't do that is because they have a hard time saying no to something. So, you know, they we love like the last email I just got. They're like, I picked about 30 or 40 of them. And I'm like, oh, great. We can put them on an an album. And the way I break it. So if this does not make sense, let me know. And I will be happy to, you know, explain it again. So just from a numbers perspective, my album I've charged, and I've done this for quite a while. I probably should really raise the price, but I don't, is $2,800. So that's the price of the album. The album itself, I use a company, I think they're from Australia, Fineo Albums, or they get them from there or something. I don't know, because it takes a long time. So, <laughs> but anyway. so the album holds 40 images. Right. Right. I normally show more than that. And it's not a press printed album. It's an album that actually has like a white, you know, museum quality mat. You can pick whatever size you want, but I choose five by seven. So one picture per page. Right. So it holds 40. But if they buy the album, we'll put 40 images in there. They can pick them or I can pick them. They usually let me pick them because, you know, who wants to who wants to do that? And then I tell them that the remaining prints I will put in an envelope and place inside of the box. And you can give that to grandma, a cousin, and it really makes the album sell itself because I'm using actual prints that are five by seven. The five by sevens are $65. But if they get an album, the entire album is $2,800. You know, you get the extras left over. So usually to the father, they're like, honey, this is a good deal. Because if you buy them all at $65 a piece, then you're paying more money. So the album from that setup always sells itself. So I started that way before digitals were a thing. So the album really kind of still plays into the 2022 mindset of a lot of photographers selling the digital images because the clients want all of the pictures. Well, I still have that same mindset, but I'm doing it in a print, you know, focus. And I'm also not limiting my sales by selling a digital image. So I still get, you know, bigger print sales. Did that make sense at all? It does, absolutely. So nearly everyone takes the album because it's a no-brainer. It just it makes financial sense to take the album. It does, yeah. Because, you know, if I just tell people, hey, I sell an album for $2,800, it sounds like, oh, yeah, you know, you're selling it for a lot of money. But And I say, hey, I sell it all the time, then people can't understand it. 
But if I really break down that, it's like it's I'm really giving them a lot with that figure. Yes. And that's why it sells itself. Got it. And then it sounds like people still, they buy a hero image for the wall. Yeah. Is that on top of the album? On top of the album. So they'll usually get, I would say on average, an average one, my last one, two 11 by 14s, one 16 by 20. That's like an average. Some people will get a couple of bigger ones, but usually it's like that 11 by 14, a couple of eight by tens, and then one 16 by 20 or 20 by 24. So is that to display together all together as a collection on one wall, or is that to spread around the house and give away? Usually it's spread around the house and to take to their offices. Right. Okay. Got it. To work. Got it. Yeah. That's why I get a lot of the 11 by 14s and eight by tens. Those usually go in their office. Got it. So is this an in-person sales session or is this all happening over Zoom or all? <laughs> so, um, gosh, I do everything, you know, my own way. So I've always sold online before the pandemic. Right. Yeah. Via Zoom online or literally just here's the gallery? Well, Zoom didn't exist then. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, I know. I'm really dating myself today. Am I not? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no, I've never used Zoom because I never had to. So I put them in a gallery. On something like uh, Pixie Set or Pick Time or something like that? Well, I had one. It's called, well, the one that I use is it's from a company called Into the Dark Room. They, they no longer sell it, but it's just a gallery. Nothing fancy. You can put music to it, you know. But the hidden gem with it is this. And this is one of those little rants I'm going to say that if it doesn't make sense, <laughs> let me know. Far away. Go for it. I do not put like an online cart Like they will never have the ability to order offline. You can only view them online. That's it. You can do nothing with those images except look at them online, which they have a deadline to do it at. And I'll touch on that in one second. In order to actually order a print that you have to talk to me, there's no way around it. So Depending on who it is, let's say if it's an older client, they'll usually just email it, you know, say, hey, I want picture one, two, three, four, and five in these sizes. And then I'm like, okay, great. Give me a credit card number. Thanks so much for the order. New client, I'm usually on the phone with them. So like, for example, I had a client, you know, that literally just sent me a video of where she wanted to put prints at. And so she's like, hey, this is the space and these are the frames that I got. And so then I can say, put this picture, this picture, this picture, this picture here, and then they order it. So they always have to kind of talk to me in order to, you know, and so it's really kind of, I called it, I always have these little words. I called it the online way of in-person sales. There was something like that I used to call it because I'm still talking to them. I'm not turning them loose and say, hey, go have fun. I hope I get an order. <laughs> yeah, sure. So the photos that are online in the gallery, do they have big watermarks across them so people just don't download them or screenshot them? No. Okay. Get out. If you can imagine this, I think it's like you didn't expect this interview, did you? No. So, <laughs> so when we were children and you were in school, when you did something wrong, what did the teacher mark the answer with? Like what color was that pen? Red. Exactly. So in the gallery, I have like a crosshair. So like an X, very light, but it's red. And because it's red, they just do not download it because red signals what? You did something wrong. (laughs) 
So hang on, what, so this crosshair or this cross, is this over the images lightly? It's over the image, yeah. And I can send you a picture if you want to like have a visual, but yeah. Sure, so it is like a, it's a light-coloured watermark. Exactly, it doesn't take away from it at all. Now, what I will do, and that's, that's probably those little crosshairs are for maybe, again, 85% of people because I pick and choose what I want that watermark to look like depending on who I'm dealing with. So I get a lot of groups of teenagers, like these teenage groups of girls. I want to ask you about those. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's an entirely different beast at times. So when I get things like that or groups like that, I'll have the cross here, but it will have the words in the middle of the X, do not post on social media in red. And they just don't because they don't want to be seen as doing something wrong. Yeah. They don't want to be that one person out of the group. Right. Because if I put my logo on it, all it's telling them is that, hey, you had your picture taken with Audrey Woolard. Why is that bad? You don't, you know, you, you kind of have to think about, you have to train them for what, I guess it sounds like I'm talking about like a circus animal, but you know. <laughs> it's, it's a teenager. It's the same thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, you have to kind of like train them. So that color red helps so much and no one thinks about that. Yeah, I love that. It's so cool. I'd love to see an example of that when we get off and I can share it with the listener. Yeah, I'll send it to you for sure. Fantastic. And the other thing you've talked a lot about is returning clients. So do do you do anything to incentivize the clients to come back? Are they getting a discount on the next shoot? Are they getting it for free? No, because if I start giving things away from free, I'm just conditioning them that they never have to pay me. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I'm very friendly with my clients. Like I'm professional. Yes. Right. But we have a very friendly rapport where I'm now seen as like a friend, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I'm checking up on them. I'm saying, Hey, you know, how is so-and-so doing? I know it's softball season, you know, how's the scores, you know, I keep in touch with them that way. Um, I don't want our relationship to be very, very business focused, although they know me, they know, you know, we keep it very professional in a way, but they very much know my kids and my kids' birthdays. That's kind of how I do it, where if you heard this saying, people like to do business with people they like. And I keep that mantra in the back of my head a lot. So some, you know, I'm not perfect. I screw up and because they like me, I get away with it. (laughs) So, but, but yeah, I don't do incentives. I don't do discounts. I don't do any of that because, you know, like I said, I'm just conditioning the client base, not to say if someone does that, they're not taking you seriously. I'm not saying that like at all. I think perception's reality and, you know, some things work for certain businesses. Some things don't. And with mine, I think if I started doing that, I would be kind of, you know, asked to do a lot of things for free. So I just choose not to open that door. Got it. Got it. Now, there's so many things I want to ask you, but I did read something that was interesting. It was an interview that you did. It was a long time ago. And I believe that when you started your business, you didn't want to show your face as part of your branding. You kept yourself off your website, off your social media. Is that true? That is very true. That is very true. So why? I really want it to be known for my work and not for me. Cause this is when I was, when I was just getting out there, you know, it's, I think it's a little different now because of social media, there was no social media, you know, then, 
but I wanted it to be very much focused on my work. My work is what you want. You know, I didn't want to have to sell me at that point. I wanted to sell my work and I was just a happy bonus. So, yeah. Okay. So is that mindset back then, is that because, do you think it's because you were an emerging new photographer or because you're a black woman, you know, operating or trying to attract white clients? Like, is that, am, am I way off base there? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Right. So the group sessions are a good thing. Like you'd always promote those. You recommend those. Oh, I love them. I mean, it's free marketing, you know, from a money perspective, it's more time, but the marketing is through the roof. Yeah. I love it. That's so good. Audrey, you have been absolutely amazing. You are just an incredible guest. What a photographer. Love your business and your business model. Love everything you shared. Thank you. If a photographer wants to learn from you, um, work with you, particularly if they photograph teens or want to, how do they do that? So I have a teaching website and it is awteaches.com. And on there, you know, I've got different tutorials of my lighting, editing and things like that. And I also have a a really, and I'm not biased by any means, but I have a really good Facebook group that is so supportive, so fun. You don't have to just photograph teens. I mean, they photograph weddings, commercial, you know, frogs. We don't care. We just like having people there. And so that's on Facebook is AW Teaches. Excellent. So they can join us there. And I'm very active there great so they can ask questions about lighting business and you'll answer those questions absolutely they can ask whatever unreal look i'll add links to those in the show notes for today's episode when it goes live i'll add links to your instagram which the listener has to go and visit and also your website just last question audrey you're obviously amazing with light you're shooting with off-camera flash a lot do you have an assistant with you when you're out on location yes and it's so funny okay so yes i had my assistant and my husband, he got mad. Well, he didn't get mad. He says, why are we paying him all that money to hold the light? I'll come hold it. So, <laughs> so he's your assistant now, is he? Just for like, you know, he'll hold the light. That's it. And then usually, because now our kids are all adults. So like kind of what we do now is he's like, you know, why are we paying for an assistant? If he says, I just hold the light, I'll hold it. And he'll hold the light and then we'll go like for dinner, like after a session. So. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Hang on. You just said your kids are growing up. You've got six kids, all boys. No, four. So a family of six. Family of six. So four boys. Well, I'm one of four as well. So you're crazy. Yes. I'm one of four boys. So you said they're all grown up. You don't look that old. Thank you. <laughs> Our third son just turned 21 yesterday. Wow. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. So how long have you been shooting for? Um, 18 years. Unreal. Full time, 18 years. Well, you are amazing at what you do. Amazing. Yeah. Audrey, thank you so much for being a guest. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. This was fun. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Audrey as much as I did. Audrey, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did. You are amazing. I love your business, your business model, the way you built it from scratch how you first attracted your clients. Yeah, the the whole thing. It's an amazing story. And uh, again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything you have. 
For you, the listener, I do hope there were a ton of takeaways for you. If you do have a follow-up question for Audrey, you can hit her up if you are a premium member inside the members Facebook group. I'll be adding Audrey into that group as soon as this interview goes live. If you are listening to the free version of the podcast, you are more than welcome to leave a comment, question, or a thank you message for Audrey at the bottom of the show notes. There's a comments area there. The show notes this week are at photobizx.com forward slash 456. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, you'll find examples of Audrey's fantastic work in the show notes. I've also got links to anywhere and everywhere you can find her online. It's all there in that one spot. Photo Biz Exposed. Interviews with photographers to help you build a better photography business. Just before we close out today's episode, if you are a pet photographer, an experienced pet photographer, so someone who's been in business for you know more than a couple of years, you're pretty confident with the way things work, you may have heard of or about the Virtual Pet Photographers Conference being put together by Kirsty McConnell and Caitlin McColl. It's happening at the end of March 2022. If you are interested in that, I've got details in the show notes for today's episodes, or you can go to photobizx.com forward slash pet photo conference to grab a ticket for that. There's a promo code SAVE50 for a $50 discount. And if you are a PhotoBizX premium member and you do sign up with that link, photobizx.com forward slash pet photo conference, I can also give you an additional $30 if you are a PhotoBizX premium member. Just email me, andrew at photobizx.com for details on that. So you can get a $50 discount plus a $30 rebate if you are a PhotoBizX premium member. That is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Thankfully, the sun is shining finally here in Australia or just north of Sydney where I am in Terrigal. The weekend, we actually even saw some blue skies, which was incredible for us. It was a new sight over the last month or so. Actually got out on my bike and didn't have to wash it afterwards. Got out for a game of golf with my two sons, Matthew and Jordan. It was an absolutely fantastic weekend. I hope it was the same for you. I hope the week ahead is a productive, fun and profitable one. Wherever you are in the world, stay safe, healthy and well and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 